If I die, all I know is I'm a motherfucking legend It's too late for my city I'm the youngest nigga rapping. Oh my God, oh my God If I die, I'm a legend Oh my God, oh my Back on my bullshit for another episode. This is Connecticut's most controversial podcast. This is the Domino Effect. I go by the name of Domino, and for another fucking episode, my co-hosts are not here. They all fuck niggas and fuck girls. But you know, yo, G, I'm trying to. I'm kind of getting used to doing this shit by myself, yo. I kind of don't need these niggas no fucking more, man. But you know, shout out to X and Nikki. But because I am without co-hosts, does not mean I am without a guest. Now, the guest that I have today is um probably. One of the guests that I'm most intrigued to talk to because I really don't know what the fuck she does. So I'm, I want to learn more about her. So she's the creator of the Power Circle series, uh, video journalist. Uh, are you a writer or a former writer? Former writer. Former yeah. writer. All right. So we got T along in the motherfucking back cave. How you doing? I'm great. How you doing? I'm all right. Can't complain. I ain't got a complaint with me <laughs> right now. Where? Got a couple drinks in me. So you know, I'm feeling all right. Mm-hmm. How was that drive down here? Honestly, I don't know where I am, so I'm going to just <laughs> embrace it and appreciate mm-hmm. that you invited me here. It's mm-hmm. a new spot. I mean, in Sonia, I, I don't really understand. Everybody that comes here, they say the same shit. Whatever. So. We in Connecticut, so shout out to Connecticut. Shout out to Connecticut. <laughs> Word. Got this love-hate thing with Connecticut, but shout out to my state as a whole. I think everybody does. Word. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever the fuck you get your podcast, we are there. Domino Effect Podcast at gmail.com for any of your comments, questions, or concerns. If you want your question answered in the what segment, you can reach us there. Domino Effect Podcast at gmail.com. Now, before we go any further, shout out to our official liquor sponsor, Drink Cups, all right? Now, your nose get nice outside, and there's all types of parties and functions, and a lot of you niggas is retarded. Y'all don't know how to pour drinks. It be a little bit of liquor, not enough juice, or too much juice, and not enough liquor. Just take the hassle out of all that and get you some drink cups, all right? It's five flavors. It's more on the way. You can order these in 6, 12, 24, 32. However your party looking, you can order that, all right? You can make the function look lit. And ladies, you can play bartender and not have to work at a strip club or go to DR and get your ass done if you want to pass out a couple drinks, all right? Follow her on all her social medias, at Drink Cups, at Drink Cups, at Drink Cups. Email her, cupcrackers at gmail.com. She got a website now, cupsdrinks.com. Get some, you won't regret it. Get your sip on and enjoy your summer. Now back to the show. So... Usually what we do is we take a, a question from the listener, all right, mm-hmm. from a listener. So we can either go something that's more relationship-oriented, or we could do something that's relationship-oriented but kind of funny. What do you want to do? Mm, I guess we could do something funny. Funny, all right. Yeah. So this man says, I've been with my wife for six years, and we've been married for two. I love her with all my heart, but I can't take certain shit anymore. My wife loves to cook, but the problem is she can't fucking cook, right? <laughs> Since our fourth date and she decided to cook for me, I've been putting up with this filth muck garbage that she calls dinner. Oh, my God. Now, when I first read this shit, I automatically thought that she was white. She got to right. be white. So he says, I've, I've dealt with bland and undercooked steaks and chicken, oh, no. unseasoned seafood and rice, mac and cheese where it looks like everything was in it but the cheese. Recipe, she tries to copy from, from the Food Network, and it looks nothing like what's on TV. Wow. It reached the boil. <laughs> That's crazy. 
It reached a boiling point when her experimental, I saw this on Facebook meals, recently got me sick and I ended up in the hospital from food, from food poisoning. I don't know if she's trying to kill me or what, but after that, I've had enough. My wife loves to cook so much and to tell her I've been putting up with her disgusting meals for so long might devastate her. How do I explain to my wife that she needs to stick to boiling water and letting me cook or just ordering out? Oh, no, that's crazy. No, nah, it's not crazy. That's wild. Now, what should he tell his wife when it comes to, hey, baby, these fucking meals ain't done. You trying to kill me? These shit is disgusting. Well, you're definitely not going to say it like that. Well, not like that. I think the best way to handle something like that is to offer to kind of learn or work together. Instead of being like, let me take over. Like, how about we do this together, baby? But she's been doing this for years, apparently. Well, that's his fault. And, so he and nobody's around, told her. But that's not real. Like, if you're married, you should be best friends with whoever it is. And you can... Mm. Like, in a certain way, because regardless of your best friends, people have feelings. So it's about mm-hmm. how you deliver it. If you'd be like, you know, I just, maybe a little bit more salt, or if we could maybe... This fucking shit is disgusting, babe. That you cannot say that. You kind of can. That's my wife. Where the fuck she going? But I, I do feel do? like, yeah, y'all should have like a best friendship where it's like, you guys can be honest with each other. And if he's, he he's had this go on for two years, so, mm. and he's been eating it and getting no, sick. He, no, and, he's been married to her for two years, but he's been dealing with this shit for six. Oh, Okay. Six years of eating these nasty. Like when you finally get sick, that's like the end all be all. Like, all right, you ain't gonna be serving me yeah. no undercooked whatever. Or send her to like your family's house and be like, you know, get in oh, the kitchen. No. no, I'm saying like get in the kitchen and learn from them. Or you know, if you're if her mom can cook, maybe mm. spend some time with her or something. Or mm. if that's just not her area, then you just take it over. You come home. She comes home from work and dinner's already cooked. Why would you feel if you love to do something, then somebody told you, yo? Your your best ain't your best. That shit is whack. Whatever you doing ain't it. But I need somebody that's gonna tell me that. That's the difference. Like if I if I have somebody in my corner or in my relationship, whatever, mm. that can be honest and be like, you know, I see you've been really trying mm. and it's cool, but it's just not what it's not your you thing. You know how many boyfriends that she done probably killed with her cooking? That ain't like, my problem. Like you could catch worms, you can catch all types of shit from food poisoning, eating undercooked shit. Nah, I feel like you know maybe it depends on how she's probably still learning, experiencing. She's probably white, my nigga. If you got if if you got you a white girl, most of the times they can't cook. Their chicken gonna be bland. Their rice gonna be fucking not salted. It ain't gonna be yo. Divorce the white chick if she white. Hey, that's all I gotta say. I mean, if she can't cook black, white, Puerto Rican, whatever. I, mean, I ain't met a fine. black woman on earth that can't cook. Mm, that's false. Can you cook? Uh, I'm not a cooker. It's not my like thing. But if if you needed to survive, could you? Oh cook yeah, yourself I can something? definitely. Oh, I can definitely survive for right. sure. I'm not just gonna not be like, like noodles and shit. I'm talking about can you like make no. a meal like a like a three course meal, five course meal? Yeah, I can make some. You could. I could do some. Is it edible? Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> but, you but I'm be honest. I'm not gonna say I'm like the number one chef. So I don't need I'm, you to be chef Robley. I just need uh, to be able to eat it and enjoy it. Yeah. Because I'm a, like I, like I got a fat soul. Even though I'm skinny, like True. I love to eat. And I do feel like that's like the way in, though. What food? I feel like all women should want to know and learn, and maybe yeah. that's what she's trying to do. But she should have did that before she got married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she, but she thought she was killing this shit in the shit in the kitchen. She thought everything was good. Everybody was eating it. Yeah, so he complaining now, but he should have. He's complaining he was trying to get to the you. pussy before. Like you don't tell her her cooking bad when you're trying to beat. <laughs> like now that he got it, now that he can actually tell her. Like, yo, this baby, this tuna casserole ain't shit. Yo, if she's cooking tuna casserole, she definitely white. Tuna casserole. Tuna, tuna casserole. I've never had tuna casserole it's in my life. only for white people, that's why. I'm Jamaican, so I don't know anything exactly. about that. Shout out to the goat. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but how how should he actually tell her? Like, what like what verbiage should he use instead of, like, 
this blunt honesty of like, yo, baby, cooking ain't for you. Maybe I mean, he can have a meal and just be like, you know, I honestly didn't enjoy this. Mm. Um, I feel like we should do something about it together. <laughs> you should do something. What? If somebody told me like they want to they want to get in the kitchen and let's do this together or something like that, then I'd be like, "Okay." And I, she has to be open-minded as well. If she's just like stuck in her ways like, "Okay, this is the best food. I don't know what you're talking about." Then mm-hmm. okay, then their relationship is gonna um, you know, next time line. Next time she make a a bullshit ass meal, right? What you do is you drag her to the store, right? You take her to the seasoning aisle. You just point to all the adobo, the lorries, the McCormick's and all that shit. Baby, start using this shit. But how do you, you just, not use seasoning? If you white, you don't season your food that much. Ha, right. Have you have you ever had a white person's food? Yes, actually, the first meal I had because I'm from Windsor, so it's very diverse. <laughs> yeah, it's very diverse. We have white, Puerto Rican, black, mm. Chinese friends. Like it's very diverse. And I had a taco, taco. Um, I don't want to say casserole. What I don't know what they call it, but it's it's like okay, baked, white people casserole. It's anything. like a, a baked taco thing, and it was uh-huh. so good. Like it was so taco pie, taco pie. What the fuck is a taco pie? Listen, how does it look? Like is it actually it's like, like a pie? Like, no, it's like breaded. It looks like a pie sort of, and then uh-huh. you cut it, but it's like nachos in there, like meat, all kinds of things, and it's really good. Did you just really describe good. a quesadilla to me? But we don't know. Like you put it in the oven, like and it's like. You have to like cut it to see it. I'm gonna just take your word. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, cool. That's the first meal I had from, you know, Caucasians. It was good. Caucasoids? Right. Cool. Okay. All right. I hear that. <laughs> so, do what Tia said. Don't do what I say because that might get you divorced or your, your wife might try to poison you. But, you know. If you love her, you'll be honest. That's it. And it's never too late. You can't really use honesty in a relationship. What? I, I feel like you can't really be all, you can't be 100% truthful what? to your spouse. Why? Cause you can't, cause women women don't know how to take the truth. I've I've realized like if you were to tell a woman the absolute truth about everything, they they wouldn't be able to take. They ego can't take that shit. I can see that. So I can see that. I'm gonna be honest. I can see that. Yeah, like you like you can't tell a woman they fat. You can't tell a woman that her cooking is bad. You it's can't not tell her about that, that she look crazy. Like you, you can't tell you can you can't tell women certain shit. That's the problem. Y'all don't understand. It's not about what you're saying. It's about how you say it. You cannot tell a woman she's fat, but you could be like. Honestly, let's get in the gym. That, and then she gonna take the you trying to say I'm fat? No. Well, what kind of women are you dealing with? The women that have vagina. Like every woman does that shit. What do you mean? Like there's not a woman on earth that I can tell, hey baby, you looking low. You looking a little little <laughs> overweight. You looking a little chunky right now. Like you yeah. can say you can say thick, but thick has a has a a, a ceiling. Right. It's like a what, like a one ninety, maybe? One one eighty five, depending on your height. That's bad. Because if you if if you one ninety and you like five four, you built like a fucking smart car. <laughs> like we can't we can't be having that out here. Word. But shout out to you and your wife, brother. Yeah, I hope everything works out for him. Yeah, me too. I hope she don't try to kill you with that bland ass chicken. Uh, shout outs. Anything you want to shout out? Anything that's going on with you? Anything in your life you want to just. Shout out right now. Yeah. I mean, I want to shout out to the people that support me. Word. Because obviously, you, I, I wouldn't know you. You wouldn't know me if it mm. wasn't for people that supported me. Because I'm sure you've seen it from other people. Right. Um, you've seen all my work from, you know, the people that post or whatever they do that's supportive of me. Mm. That's how you found out about me and how a lot of the people that find out about my work is like through social media and things like that. So shout out to everybody that supports me. Shout out to my team. Because, obviously, I can't do a lot of things without my team. Right. You always need a team. Yeah. And... Even though my fucking team ain't here. 
that's sorry though. Kind of crazy, but yeah. Other than that, that's... I mean, they ain't been here for like the past what like what? How many episodes has been like G like six, seven something like well, that? Well, it is called like the domino effect. So, so. It, it was my idea. So they don't get fucking stake in this shit. They just here. Mm-hmm. But it was it was supposed to be a third, a third, a third. But them niggas just. I I wanted to rename the show. They wasn't with it, <laughs> but hey, it's cool. <laughs> cool. Well, we're here. Yeah, That's we're all here. that matters. So um, let's get into our segment called "This Can't Be Life," right? This can't be so life. one situation I just want to talk about that we're gonna get all into your business real quick. Um, did you see the Meek Mill Safari video? Yeah, I did. <laughs> now, what are your thoughts on that video? Well, first of all, the way they shot it, the whoever had the camera. It looked like when Meek jumped out the car, Safari mm. started running, but that's not what happened. Mm. Like Meek jumped out the car, but while he got out the car, it Safari was already getting hit. You're right, right. From the back. So that's why he started running. Pause, it wasn't yeah. because okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not because he saw Meek like why he started running, but he was already getting hit. So that's why he was saying he was being jumped and mm. they attacked him from the side, da da da. Mm. And then he started running and things like that. <laughs> I mean, what was he? <laughs> Safari is a joke, so I mean, yeah. it's rough. But you don't think it was like, like something seemed fishy about that shit, like the like the cameraman right there, uh-huh. then Meek Mill pulling up right to where Safari is at. And I then, know you saw self. Like I was like, yeah, is self yeah. in on this? Yo, we're we not gonna speak on that. <laughs> yeah, but it was just. Everything was weird because, first of all, when Meek Mill hopped out the SUV, you could tell he wasn't about that action. He had too many chains on to actually fight. Mm-hmm. Then second, he he hopped out with some big-ass nigga in a suit. So, you yeah. know, if Meek Mill was the fight, big dude would have broke it up. Yeah. Then Safari gets hit by, allegedly, two men. Then he runs off into the street. Now, I didn't see it. Like, where the fuck did they come from in, like, three seconds? Like, where did, like, did they weren't in frame. No. And then they panned to Meek, and then they panned back, right. and that was... Two niggas. Yeah, they must have been coming, I guess, from the from the back. But. I don't know where, like, what alley they came out of or whatever. Well, it was definitely set up. It was yeah, definitely it was, set it up. They knew Safari up. was there at that moment, whatever. But if I was Meek, I wouldn't be fighting either because he has all kinds of law issues and things like that. He doesn't need to be fighting. But I can see if, but, if Safari's been talking a lot of crap, then it's like, okay. But when you say you in a studio, but then mm-hmm. you wind up where Safari got jumped at, mm-hmm. like... You, you wind up where he got jumped at. Doesn't that seem a little like you asking for trouble? Just be, just because you're not physically hitting right. somebody don't mean you ain't in it. I think he just wanted Safari to know, like, yeah, you're out here. You're not being safe. Mm-hmm. You're not being safe. He's safe, though. <laughs> yo, free tax, though, too, Free yo. tax, but he's not. Because mm-hmm. he was out there. I looked like he was kind of by himself cause, or with another guy who got beat up, too. Mm-hmm. That was rough, but that's BT Weekend. I mean, hey. Mm-hmm. And then it was it was crazy when Safari didn't help his boy. His boy was getting beat the fuck up, and he didn't help him. Like you, you like twenty feet away, and watch, he's watching his boy get beat up. And obviously, we we know this is over Nikki, right? So, now ha- have you ever fought over a dude? Over? Well, well I don't want to assume because it's like Pride Weekend and shit. Do you like men? Oh yes. Okay, cool. Because right. I don't, don't want to offend like the mm-hmm. lettuce, bacon, tomato people. Whatever. What's the what's the acronym stand for? LGBTQ. What was it? Lesbian, Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. Let's make it tomato. Yeah. But so, ha- have you ever fought over a dude? No. No. Mm-mm. Would you? I don't have time. You don't have time. I'm busy. I hate that fucking excuse for everything. Yo. <laughs> 
No, but like, if you really love this dude, would you fight another woman for you? Just wouldn't ever. I I mean, right now where I am, I can't mentally put myself there. Mm. But you know, I don't know. Like, have niggas fought over you? Uh, no. Never. I don't know. I'm not coming with that drama right now. So. <laughs> this ain't the place to be lying to you. Oh no, I'm serious. I'm okay. not coming with that drama. Like, so it's like, what mm. is the point? If I, if I if a guy has to fight oh. Well, it depends on what the situation is. Like, if somebody's disrespecting me or something like that, then mm. yeah, it'll definitely go down. Nah, like, not, that's not, different. Not like your boyfriend got to fight somebody. But like, I'm guys talking about like two, two exes be like, yo, I bagged, um, I bagged your girl and now I'm just talking shit. But then y'all break up and like, oh yeah, you was talking, was talking all that shit on the internet. Oh, not that I know of. I don't. Not that you know of. I, no, I don't know about any, any of that. We, we just going to keep it safe Plead right now. Plead, <laughs> Plead the fifth. Plead the fifth. All right, we're going to keep it safe right now. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get into your business. Mm-hmm. So you're from Windsor. Right? Yeah. You're from Windsor. Now, how was life in Windsor? Because like I said, before Bria came here, mm-hmm. I ain't know shit about Windsor. Well, shout out to Bria. Yeah, shout out to Bria Small. Um, yeah, no, there's not really much to know about it. Mm-hmm. It's just in the Hartford County. So like it's all kind of close to everything, Hartford, mm-hmm. Connecticut. Um, but yeah, I'm just chilling. I went to school there. It's very diverse, but it really doesn't. I mean, I guess what what is good about coming out of there is no one's made it or no one's made a stamp in Connecticut from Windsor or period mm, in Connecticut. Right. So it's like the things that I'm doing have never been done before. So yeah. Now, when did you get into music? Like, what age did you realize, like, yo, this thing I like? Oh, well, music has always been a part of my life. Like, my D- my dad's a DJ. He was one of the first reggae DJs in Connecticut, period. So, um, So I grew up around it. I had my first, like, drop when I was four years old. Word. <laughs> I shouted out my dad for his radio show. He mm. was on, actually, Power 104.1 when it was here in Connecticut. I don't know if you remember that. No, I don't. You don't remember? And Wendy Williams and everybody was on there. Steve Harvey. Yeah, it was a thing. Anyways. My memory bad. (laughs) But yeah, so I've always been around like music. Um, You know, my house is very loud Mm -hmm. all the time. Reggae music, loud, loud, loud. Um, But as far as when did I discover was something for me, actually when I was in college, well, my first year in college, I like tried to fake DJ because I wanted to be like my dad. Mm -hmm. And then I realized it wasn't for me, Um, but I was a good writer. Mm -hmm. So I kind of got my way in the industry that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, are you a daddy's girl? Yeah, mommy yeah. and daddy. Right. Well, but my dad is, as far as like my creative side, it comes from my father. Yeah. Okay. Now, what type of music was playing in the house besides reggae? Was it like a lot of hip hop, R and B, or mm-hmm. like? Well, yeah, hip hop for sure. Cause my brother, um, he's six years older than me, so mm-hmm. he was very with like you know the locks and Jay Z and Nas and yeah, all of the greats. Yeah, all <laughs> of the New York greats for sure. I mean, he listened to you know the West Coast too, but you mm-hmm. know I grew up kind of just on that era of hip hop. And at the time, I'm not gonna lie, when I grew up, I was like a little bit more of a girl. Like mm-hmm. I was listening to like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC yeah, and like yet. yeah and like Destiny's like Child. B2K and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. You was yeah. One of them. So I wasn't like really banging it like you know mm-hmm. whatever in my room, but like more of like the Lauren Hill vibes. Mm. Um but then I realized, you know, like he had posters like plastered all over his wall. So mm. it kind of like just it was always a part of me. Rubbed off on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got you. Now, you said you went to college, you tried to fake DJ and you, <laughs> you found out that you wanted to become well, you found out that writing was your forte instead of DJing. Mm-hmm. Now, did you originally go to school for for Writing or literature? Yeah. No. Um, sadly, I went to school for science. I went to school for biology. 
and then and then I was like this is definitely boring and I ended up just going into communications um mm. because I knew that was like very broad it was like radio it was tv it was all kinds of things and I can learn about social media and things like that mm. so I ended up becoming a communications advertising and journalism and uh broadcast media um Major. Major. So, yeah. So, that's what I went to school for, and I ended up being my whole life. So Okay. Now, a discussion I was having with somebody else. Now, I feel like when you want to break into the music industry, like, college isn't necessarily something that you need. Do you feel like you could have broken into the music industry without college, or did, or did you need that type of learning? Because you can Google anything right now. Yeah, I didn't learn anything from college um as far as what i do now okay what college did do though is it really helped me one be disciplined um Mm. i learned a lot of like i had to read i had to study i had to learn about things so Mm. that was like you know a part that was kind of forced on me because i was never trying to read anything um but yeah so that was forced on me i made a lot of connections with people and just learn how to network and learn how to be in a room and things like that so it did teach me a lot and it's always a good conversational like start like you can mm. oh i went to school here oh you went to school here okay da, 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 da. so that's always like a good way to like get a conversation started and things like that so i do encourage people to get some kind of experience whether school is the experience get an internship i don't know what it needs to be but also that's another way like i, mm. I was able to get internships because i was in college so but do you feel like kids these days actually need school with like all the tools that they have at their disposal right now be it youtube twitter you can like you you, you can tweet somebody and like you know form a form a bond with them mm-hmm. and get in get in that way um like do you really feel like paying Mm-mm. for for just just for the thing that you want to get into be it the music industry you think that you actually need it i think you need it for like networking purposes right but not so much as the formal learning purpose yeah no i don't support anybody that's about to get in debt to go to school because i'm in debt for school and it's like i'm doing everything not based off of my degree i'm doing based off of you know the footwork i put in so Mm. i don't feel like anybody should really get into school and being like a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt but i do feel like in some aspect you should try to keep learning so Mm. whatever that is if it's like just going to seminars or watching interviews or however you study you have Mm. to do that so if you need the discipline and you have to go to school in order to gain that side and things like that and to figure out who you are too i feel like that's something i discovered in college like if I was just home working or mm. whatever, I don't feel like I would have met people and learned who I should hang out with, who I shouldn't, who understands me, who gets, you know, my creative side and things like that. Like mm. that all came out because I was in school mm-hmm. and I didn't want to hang out with the people that were just doing drugs and drinking and things like that. I was, you know, you know, yeah. drinking. and college, things like, yeah. yeah, I was in college, but yeah. it was like at the same time, I realized which crowd I kind of wanted to right. sway towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in high school, it's like you, you're very young. Like mm. I swore I was grown at 18. But no, you don't know anything. So, however, you know, if you needed to take up a trade or just something, Mm. you know, to kind of figure that out is important. Word. Now, so you graduated college. Now, when did you uh, write your first article that became like lucrative to you? Like you got paid for for Mm -hmm. writing or like exposure, I would say. Paid or exposure? Exposure. Let's let's go with that first. Okay, so for exposure. Uh, that was junior junior year of college because that's when I started writing, mm-hmm. and that's when my my byline came out, which is my brand now by mm-hmm. Tia Long. Um, 
And that was with Everything Girls Love for Yandy Smith's blog site. So that's when okay. it first came out. Love and Hip Hop was like on fire. I'm like, I need to be Yandy. Like she was like in the studio with Jim Jones and like doing all this stuff. But also she had her own side business. Mm-hmm. She had a, a hand in the Love and Hip Hop brand. So mm-hmm. I was like, this lady is really on fire, you know. And I didn't know about her as much before. Um, and that's when I started working with them. And I they they taught me a lot. Like, I had a lot of edits at first. Like, right. I would put an article out, and some of them won't make it to the site. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that encouraged me to make sure if I'm going to write this, it's going to matter. And mm-hmm. it's also going to be good enough for them to publish. So, yeah. Okay, that, now, was, that was, I don't know what year that is. 2012. 12? Something like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, when did you leave Yandy? That was, I, I was there for a year. Okay. I so was there for a year. Mm-hmm. And where'd you go after that? Uh, to the Rap Fest. Okay. Which is now actually a really, really big brand. But at the at the time, it was just coming up, and I was the managing editor. So I oversaw the whole staff, mm-hmm. um, which is great because, again, when I started out, I was, like, still just new at writing. So right I behind the ears, yeah. Yeah, and then I learned how to be an editor, and I learned how to edit my own thing. So when my editor was putting my, my, my articles out, it was like maybe a period missing or something mm. very, very small. It wasn't like they had to redo the whole thing. So right. I was molded well so that I could edit other people's things. But the Rap Fest, which led to the source. So yeah. Now, how'd you get into Rap Fest? Like, was it like networking or was it like somebody saw your work and be like, hey, I think you'd be good for this or mm-hmm. what? Actually, Instagram, which is crazy. Um, I was following. Social media, man. Yeah, <laughs> word. I was, I was following um, this guy named Rocco who was at the time, he was like co-owner of the Rap Fest. And, um, I just saw he he went from yeah Rocco yeah, shout yeah, out to man. Rocco he's like honestly helped me get into a lot of doors so mm-hmm. that's my guy um, but yeah so he was doing the rap fest but he also was a writer for the source and he just got like his first published article in the in the print magazine mm-hmm. so I just congratulated him whatever and I was just like how did this all come about da 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 and he's like actually you'll be great for this and that's how that's how I ended up working for rap fest and then eventually source. Okay, now mm-hmm. let's let's talk about your source experience because that ain't no small feat. Like mm-hmm. in, in hip hop, like the source is a staple. Word. Now, how was it working for the source? Uh, working for the source was an experience for sure. I learned a lot. Sounds uh, like some bullshit. It helped me. Um, you know, you know, business is business. <laughs> it's an but experience. That yeah, that means some bullshit went down. What was great about it is. It was definitely, like, the launch pad for my whole brand. Like, everybody mm. knows me because I kind of started, as far as video journalism, from mm. there. I realized there was a space that was missing. Nobody was doing video interviews. Mm. And so I jumped into that quick. I was just, you know, sending proposals and sending pitches to different publicists and things like that. Like, hey, your artist needs to be interviewed by the source. And then I would do the video interview, send it to them, and then I'll be published. So that's mm. it was definitely the start, for sure, for my brand. Now, you were at the stores for how long? Oh, about a year, year and a half. Year and a half. Mm-hmm. Now, did you make a lot of connections there, or were you just like the 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 girl that just sits in the corner and just bangs out these articles and whatever? I'm never the girl that just sits in the corner and bangs mm. out anything, because I'm not working for you. I'm working for me. Mm. So, regardless of what the experience is, I'm going to make the best out of it. So, mm. you're going to know my name. You're going to know, like, if I'm here and I'm dedicating my time, I'm going to use it, you know, as much as I can. So, while I was there... Um, I was attending all events. Like, if, if nobody was covering it, I was covering it, right. whether they knew it or not. Mm. Like, I'm here on behalf of you guys, right, right. and then I'm going to bring you the content. You're going to be like, yo, that's so dope. So mm. I always made sure I brought something to the table. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was dope. Now, so so you were there for a year and a half, and mm-hmm. you decided to just part ways with them. It's just like it, it wasn't working out, or? 
Yeah, no, I mean, once you feel like you've kind of grown in a company as much as you can, and at the time mm. I was actually an intern, so it was like, oh, okay, yeah. it was like, do I want to stay here, whatever, it was just figuring out my way, and I realized that I am not someone that can just be tied down to a brand, I mm. need to freelance, I need to be a part of this brand, this brand, this brand, or, you know, my brand needs to be able to bring it to other companies, so I mm. just kind of wanted to be a freelancer instead of just a staff writer. Now, have you always had that drive to not work for somebody else but work for yourself? No. no. Actually, what was crazy is I kind of just tapped into that, mm. realizing that I'm my own brand and I can, you know, kind of leverage a little bit more not being attached to some other company. Mm. And especially in this time where we can be our own companies, like right. social media and everything has given us such a platform that you don't have to be a part of the complexes or the, the big companies and things like that and only work for them and dedicate your time only to them mm. when you can really bring them content and they be like, oh, no one on my staff did. So, mm. you know what I mean? There's so many ways, so, so many other ways than to just be a part of a big corporation. So, You don't think that would help you along your journey though? Like you can have the buy to your long brand, mm-hmm. but then like if you were to get a job at like say a complex or like a double XL mm-hmm. or something like that, you don't think that'll catapult you to another plateau or you just want to be like hey i'm gonna build this shit from the ground up and just wherever it take me that's it because it's mine right well i definitely am open-minded to anything like i'm not gonna say no to an opportunity or anything like that (laughs) right if it makes sense that's all that matters like it really has to make sense i just know the difference between doing something like i've experienced enough i've been doing it for five years so it's like i know the difference between doing something so that you can get your name popping or doing something because it's a legit career uh, you know, career goal or like something that you're trying to achieve. And mm. my my direction right now is completely different from what it was back then. Like back mm. then I would write for pretty much anything to just get my name published. Mm. But now that I've had that, I've experienced that, I've kind of gained a lot from it. I know what what's for me and what's not. So, Got you. Yeah. Now like what or like who drives you? Like what, what do you look at and say, hey, I'm not a nine to five ass nigga. I don't want to work under you. I need to build my own shit. I need to establish my name out here instead of being like Tia Long that works for such and such like what motivates you what motivates me hmm well I mean I feel like I've always kind of been that way Hmm. I've always been a little different like I've never wanted to work a nine-to-five like ever in my life I've never wanted to do anything where I feel like I have to be here and I don't enjoy it like Mm -hmm. if it is a nine-to-five it has to be something that I like extremely love and Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like work um, it's just always been embedded in me, but to see like people like Karen Civil, like you know, women that are legit living their whole life, like mm. just just doing what they love and just supporting artists and things like that, and they dedicate their time to just you know their 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 passion, mm. I should say that that really does kind of motivate me because I know it's possible. Where, sure. Shout out to Karen Stiffel with the cakes. You saw the picture? <laughs> yeah. Karen. I didn't know Karen was Karen all of that. No, fact. Yo, fact. Yo, Karen. No, but that's what's great about it. It's like she can do what she wants, Like, but Basically, she's still a yeah. boss. Like, mm-hmm. Regardless of what, she can still be a woman, but she can still be a boss. So I think I think that's what women lose a lot. They, they don't think they can be like sexual and mm-hmm. feminine kind of because they have to exert themselves as boss. I think because mm-hmm. Karen, she's so established that she can put out a picture like that and no one looks at her different. Yeah. I feel like she did get a little backlash though because they were like, this is not your brand and things like that. It was that. a backlash because it, it was a surprise. Like a, right. a, a lot of niggas was like, yo, I didn't know Karen was carrying all of that. Like, <laughs> she was, whoop, nigga, what? Yeah. 
But she's still a woman. And that's the thing. Like, I feel like I struggle with that a little bit too. Like, I don't Mm. want people to perceive me as a certain way. Mm. But at the same time, I'm going to be me. So if I do choose to wear this, just know. Like, that doesn't really... That's just what I want to do. And I feel like we shouldn't really kind of stick to just the stigma. Like, oh, you you know, you got to cover up to look like... No, she can do whatever she wants. If that's what she wants to wear to the BET Awards, she's still carrying civil at the end of the day. Mm. And her brand speaks for itself, so... Do you feel like that's a double standard, though? Like, you know, when a woman exerts herself and, you know is that take takes charge of stuff they call her a bitch or like she's just acting out but when a, a nigga does it it's a like he's a boss type of thing yeah definitely i mean what what kind of irks me about all of that is i feel like sometimes as women we use that as an excuse or we talk about it too much mm. when you bring attention to something a little bit too much it kind of it, like it it really irks me to be honest like i don't really stick on that i don't be like oh you know because i'm a woman this is not I know the struggles that we have, but mm. instead of talking about it, I'm going to just show you, like, it doesn't matter what you say. But it's to the point where people, like, people bring it up so much because mm-hmm. no one gives a fuck about it. Like, you, like, okay. we can talk about Black Lives Matter and all this mm-hmm. other shit that's going on in the world until we're blue in the face, but until actually someone gets the point of it. Right. We're going to keep saying it now. Women saying, like, hey, I can exert myself, I can do this, and I can right. still be looked at as a woman, but if people still not taking you seriously because you want to dress a certain way, you want to act a certain way, it's like, well, we're going to keep saying this until you motherfuckers get it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, women have it just too hard in the industry, I feel For like. For sure. Yeah, and that's kind of speaking to, like, my point. Like, instead of just talking about it, I'm just going to show you why you shouldn't mm-hmm. think this way or whatever, like... And like with that whole like you know our race issues and things like that instead of just only talking about it I'm gonna show you why this should matter or Mm -hmm. why you know what I mean like just more action than just you know talking about it but yeah it's being a woman in this industry is definitely hard I've experienced things where like people will try to like it's like They'll DM me, but it's like you don't really know how to. You get them DMs like yo let's work, but they trying to holler at you type shit. It's happened before, but I mean, I don't really. It was crazy is a lot of people say I'm like intimidating, so I don't experience that as much. Like, Mm -hmm. I come off a certain way, so you know how to approach me and things like that. Yeah, you got that look on your face like, don't fucking talk to me. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, but it's just my face. It's not. (laughs) I I dead be wanting to talk to people. Like, I really do want to connect and talk to people, but I was born this way. I've had this issue my whole (laughs) life. Nigga, get away from me. Get on my fucking DM, yo. Um, if you I don't want to listen to your music. I don't want to link up. No, nigga. Leave me alone. I actually like being put on to dope music. Like, if it's trash, I don't want to hear it, but... Yeah, but then it's more trash than it is dope shit out there, though. That's like, true. You'll, you'll get, like, maybe, like, one out of... Well, not one out of ten. Maybe, like, three out of ten. Like, you'll get, like, links, and it'll be, it'll be some trash. And then, like, mm-hmm. you find a gym, and they're like, oh, shit, this nigga's actually kind of dope. Yeah, but I'm very honest, so... If you don't want the honesty, don't don't hit me up because I'm going to tell you like this is not it. <laughs> like brutally honest, like to the point where I'll just be like, you know, know get back in, you know, keep going. <laughs> keep, I feel like working. you you know Yo. you have something, but you just gotta you gotta tap into it. I don't know how many niggas I done told that shit to that tried to be on this show. Like, <laughs> Yo, nah, nigga, keep working. Like, nah, you know, keep going. Like. You'll get there one day, maybe. It's I don't hard. Know. I feel bad for artists. Because I know, like, I if you're artistic, it's like, you really feel like... It depends on what they're going it's in there for. There's a difference between artistic and you just want to do this. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like artistic people think they move different. Like you, like, you can tell an artistic person from a nigga that just wants to do this just to, you know, get, get popping or, mm-hmm. or be known or some shit. Like, you can tell by, like, the like the lyrics, the artistry, just everything that True. encompasses that. True. So, um... Video journalism. Mm-hmm. So you said fuck writing. This shit ain't popping. Video journalism is where it's at. <laughs> now, why'd you t- decide to get into that field? 
Well, it's not F writing because I will write, you know, if it's the Last right article. article. Oh, that's hard. Mm-hmm. It's been like since like 2016. That's, I haven't that's, written. That's, that's, oh, no, I just lied. Um, mm-hmm. My last article was actually about the Power Circle series on Respect Magazine because I used to write for them. When did you write it, though? I wrote it this year, right after the premiere. Now, writers write damn near every day. Yeah, nah, but I had to, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'll write if it's, like, legit content that I really want to share, and I'll make sure the article is long and good. Like, mm. so I'm going to dedicate my time only to things that, like, make sense. I'm not just going to write because, oh, Nicki Minaj slapped Ariana Grande. Right. Like, I don't <laughs> care. So, <laughs> yeah. So I only write about, you know, I'll, I'll write a full article if the if it matters or whatever. But, um, yeah, no, the video journalism, it's, it's crazy because that that title or that, idea mm. i just kind of ran with it because okay. it is journalism at the end of the day i am reporting or i am like you know doing interviews and things like that mm. um but it's i'm only doing video at this point mainly because i know like how the visual aspect of things have moved and like that's what people want to see mm. one two it's worked for me the best mm. i get the most out if i'm just talking vibing and chilling with somebody mm. and if you capture it on camera you do if not whatever but yeah i'm just i'm kind of just going that direction but also producing as well so okay gotcha mm-hmm. all right so the power circle series yeah now, where did idea come about yeah well I just actually discovered the purpose of it, but where the idea came from um, is from the Connecticut Power, the Power Brunch, Connecticut, mm. which happened last November. Um, when I actually had to move back from New York, I came back home and I was like, "What the heck am I gonna do now? Like, mm. I'm back in Connecticut." Connecticut. Love it. So, <laughs> right, but I realized it was like a climate going on, and a lot of people are like really getting creative and things like that right now. So I wanted to bring everybody together to celebrate all the people. I feel like we're working mm-hmm. uh, and moving the culture, however they're doing it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get everybody in one room. It was private. You had to be invited mm-hmm. and it turned out to be so dope. So I was like, I need to do something about this. I need to keep this going. Mm-hmm. And I obviously have always been doing video journalism and things like that. So I wanted to produce a series and this is where this came about. Just get everybody in one room to just kick it and talk. Mm-hmm. Got you. Mm-hmm. Now I feel slighted a little bit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel, not not that I, I deserve to be in that room and no shit, because I feel like I still got a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. But I ain't seen not a nail motherfucker from the two hundred three. Like, what's up with us? Like, like we suck. Like, what the fuck's going on with us? To be honest, that's my fault. Like, I don't really have a. Unfortunately, don't have that connection. I feel like I don't have that following, which is mm-hmm. crazy. Right. Um, and it could be because of the way I move. I haven't really come out. Like, I left from the A six O and went mm-hmm. straight to New York. I didn't really like move and shake yeah, and then pass through this motherfucker. Like, is it? true. I just, I just never really connected. So hopefully, now that people are seeing it and things like that, that'll open up a whole nother field mm. and i'm hoping the brunch that's coming up and you know at the end of the year mm. i'll have more of those people who are moving out here in Word. the two or three mm-hmm. now how'd you go about picking the panelists that were going to be on the power burn series well the power circle series power, 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 yeah no it's power power, it's, it's okay it gets confusing because it's a powers. lot of it's all about power that's Word. it um but the people I picked are people that have inspired me who i've been watching mm. and who i've seen can like you know really do something because when I was coming up and when I started all of this I didn't have anybody to watch nobody was doing anything like and if Mm. they were I wasn't able I didn't see it like that's just the truth I Mm. felt like I had nobody that could really connect with me at the time except for my really really close my really really close friends Mm. so um you know this whole series was just based on who over the past either maybe two two years or so Mm. has made a stamp and has been doing like things that you've never seen before 
So okay, cool. that's how I picked them. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I believe it was episode two. Mm-hmm. You asked the group, uh, "What is a creative?" Right. And they all answered, and you and you gave like a short little sol- soliloquy of like, "What you think of creative?" Now, I want you to expound on that. So, what is a creative to you, and what do you consider a creative? Well. A creative is crazy because I feel like we kind of coined that name. And like I discussed in that, I, we coined, coined it as a noun. Now we're, um, you know, referring to ourselves as creative. Mm. But what it really means is just kind of thinking about how you can do something out of the box or how you can do something to change people's mindsets, mm. how you can do something to inf- uh, impact and affect people. Mm. And that takes a lot of hard work. So if you are studying it, if you are literally finding a creative way. It sucks because I'm like using the word and no, definition. It's okay. It's okay. But finding a creative way. Rules here. <laughs> <laughs> finding a creative way to like change society or change things. Like mm. that's that defines a creative. Gotcha. To me. Now, one of the brothers that was on a creative series, Perry, he here. The Power Circle series. Power, yeah, damn. shout out to Perry. Power Circle. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna get it. I swear to God. Perry. Word. You, you want to get on the mic real quick or are you, you, you chilling? This is like one of my, honestly, like one of my closest friends. Like my closest friend like he was so there that, so like in the beginning inside track, so it was like right, so he gonna be on it already oh that's <laughs> a fact yeah he was yeah. there from like the beginning of everything so where g at g <laughs> g the mic is the yo check that check, check. that shit ain't on nope. all right so we're gonna talk to you too when yeah you get back. so now you're doing a power cir- pop yeah power circle mm-hmm. power circle new york city right mm-hmm. now why new york why not do like a Connecticut part two. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, because again, like I, like I mentioned, I went from the A6O to New York. So when mm. I lived there for a year, it's like I made so many dope connections, but also I came up with a lot of these people who are now like at the top of their fields. Like they're doing like the craziest things and mm. they're on TV and radio and they're just really, really doing amazing things and we all kind of started together like well not all of us because yeah. a few of them actually have never met so i'm very excited that they wanted and they were interested to be a part of our series but yeah mm. so that's why i'm going to new york um i definitely want to take it on tour and mm. you know hit all the major cities because i have connections in all places and i just want to make sure that it's being expanded as as much as it can so when i do bring it back home we have all eyes on us. Like everybody's gonna be watching it if I hit the right cities and hit the right people. So right now, can you share some of the roster that's gonna be on the New York series, or like we just keep it under wraps? Yeah, because I know a couple niggas. I'm sure you do because you know people are talking about it on social media. I know They're a excited. Like I, I can say a couple who have already been. You know, shout out to Jamir. His name is it's Jamir on um, social media, but yeah. he works for W WBLS mm-hmm. High ninety seven. Like he's hilarious. And shout out to the Play Cousins podcast. The Play Cousins podcast. So you know all about it. Yeah. So yes, I'll be knowing niggas. <laughs> right. So him and Lindsay are gonna be a part of it, which is I'm shout very out to very. Yo, she got a dope article about um mental illness. mental mental illness with with David Banner. That's out right now. Facts. It just came out yesterday. Everybody need to go check that out. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's just a, that's just a good. Read, so shout out to Lindsay India. Yeah, but they really have like exciting stories, mm-hmm. different stories, and just to see where they are, like it's just mm-hmm. dope. But those are just a couple people, you know. It's a lot. You we got some let, artists. You give us two. We got some artists. We got you, you know. Can't get one more. 
That's rough. I don't know. Mm-mm. We <laughs> just gonna have to see because you know we are gonna record it, and I just I don't want to. You don't want to speak things, you know, until it yeah, happens. Okay. I mean, I mean, speak into existence yeah, for sure, yeah. but I just want to make sure everything lines up because this is my baby, so mm-hmm. it has to it has to happen for sure. Right. And then you know you'll see the you'll see the roster, and you better pull up to the um, screening because it's gonna be crazy. I was gonna pull up to the last one, but then like some some happened with my child, so I couldn't really make oh. it. But um, now you said that this is your baby. Now it recently got uh picked up what well, I won't say like it picked up but it got recognized by Revolt. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about that like something you created is just on this major platform like that? Yeah, that was incredible, but that also came from another connection that I created mm-hmm. and I made, which is great and it just shows you like the industry is very very small. So mm-hmm. it's not impossible to get on these platforms because it's just about who you know. So the the writer, shout out to Marita, she's amazing. She now works for the Shave Room. She moved to LA and now mm-hmm. that's what she's doing full time. She want to gossip and shit. <laughs> so that's what she's doing full time but she was at the time right, work, working for Revolt and mm-hmm. uh, we kind of r- started writing together as well we're a part of the Mem Connect which is a social me- uh, a group chat mm-hmm. of just minorities and media Okay. so that's how she just found out about the series and she was like oh we gotta write about this mm-hmm. and it became one of the top five series to um, web series to look out for look in, out 2017. in 2017 that's why yeah. I, now I, I heard of you like a while ago like I, I was watching I think I watched an interview that you did with Tank a while oh, ago, yeah. and then I realized, like, oh, shit, that's, that's T alone. That's the same chick from this, that, and the third. What? Now, um, what mistakes did you make with the first Power Circle series that mm-hmm. you're not that you noticed and that you're not going to do with the next one in, in New York? Well, I wouldn't say anything was a mistake. Not but mistakes, but like, as far what, as what did you approach, see that was all, yeah. yeah, approach, yeah. Yeah, as far as my approach, what was great, it just was really off of impulse. Like, I didn't fully plan things out. I just was like, this is what I want. I legit hit them up on a sun, on a Monday, and the Sunday following is when we recorded. So mm-hmm. I just had everybody in there. But as far as, like, visually, um, you know, the audio and things like that, we're really honing in so that this is TV ready. Mm-hmm. Like, in all aspects, like we're making sure that this is planned out right, location, everything. I just want to make sure my project is fully, you know, you're getting the full idea of where my mind is at creatively and visually, audibly, uh, uh, sonically. So, yeah, uh, got you. I was trying to figure all, too. <laughs> yeah, all of those, you know, all of the aspects that make a good show, I'm really making sure that as a producer, that's my that's my duty. All right. So, yeah. Purple mic. <laughs> That shit on? Check, check. check. Word. So we got one of the people from the Power Circle series. We got Perry in here. Yeah. Unexpected guest. Shout out to Perry. How you doing, man? I'm great. I'm great. Chilling? Chilling. Late night love voice. It's <laughs> <laughs> an R&B Chilling. voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chilling. Now, I just want to get into your business real quick because I saw you on the Power Circle series. So, you know, being that you're a unexpected guest, I just, you know, I just want to get into your business real quick. Oh, yeah. So you're from Connecticut, right? Definitely. Now, you live in Atlanta. Yep. Why'd you move to Atlanta? I just had to, you know, um, expand and meet new people in Atlanta. You know, at the, well, still Atlanta is the place to be as mm. far as opportunity wise. Right. Um, Connecticut, it was hard to do that. You know, what I'm saying like the Connecticut industry is actually just now coming alive. Mm. Um, so it was just frustrating um, to just be here and not feel like I was growing mm. and learning. Um, so yeah, just up and left. Word. Now a lot of motherfuckers they uh, up and move to different places. Like they want to move to like Atlanta. They want to move to New York. They want to move out west or something like that. Like mm-hmm. 
Now, being that Atlanta, I want to say, is oversaturated with talent, because you, you could have all the talent in the world, but when you are a talented motherfucker amongst all this other right, talent, right, right. you tend to get overshadowed. Now, do you feel like, like you, you necessarily had to move out of Connecticut to make a name, or it was just like, yo, that's the opportunity where it's like, Atlanta's popping right now, this is where I have to go to get noticed? Because um, it's, it's, it's like a small fish in a big-ass pond right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um it's weird because when I left Connecticut, I wasn't like I wasn't trying to be an artist when I left. I just wanted to be a songwriter and meet people mm. that I didn't know, important people mm. that I knew was in Atlanta that I could run, I could run into, right? Other than being in Connecticut and not running to nobody. Mm. So it's like I just went out there and guess I made a name for myself, but I made a name for myself as a songwriter. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I just wasn't focused on the artist part. I don't know why. Right. But now was it that you was writing songs and niggas wasn't singing them right? Like, yo, you ain't you ain't you ain't doing it like how I how I imagined up, up here? Anywhere. Like did you were you writing songs and it's just like motherfuckers wasn't singing it right like anywhere? Nah, I I was writing songs for me and I just felt like I didn't know how to write songs. And I think mm. writing is the most important part right. in music. And people don't even notice it. Like, why do I love this song so much? Until they actually start paying attention to it. The words. melody, the cadence. The melody, cadence. And that's mm. what I felt like I lacked. So I could, I, I felt like I couldn't learn anything new up here in Connecticut because I mm. wasn't around other creative people who was, like, teaching me stuff. Like, I think I, th- I think it's hard to find creative people in Connecticut until maybe, like, early 2016. Like, it was hard to right. pinpoint, yeah. like, all right, so I could vibe with this motherfucker. Right, or, right. Like, it's, it's right. just... So, it's a lot of whackness out here. Yeah, just keep what's it, keep crazy is like when he moved to Atlanta, this is how God works because when he moved there, it was like automatic. Like he mm. ran into the right people to help him figure that out. Mm. And it's That's like it does. Right. <laughs> so it's like, you know, getting out of here, I feel like it was a good idea because it just, again, aligns you with the right people. And it's just about what you do with the experience. So mm. he ran into, you know, his someone who he worked with and mm. it helped him. Right? Yeah. yeah. Work. Now, when did you get into music? Like, when did you get into singing? Like, did you always have a voice? Was you in church or like? Nah, I, I was in church when I was younger, but I was never in the choir. Mm. Um, uh, I kind of taught myself how to sing, just mimicking artists. I, I, I fucking heard. hate y'all niggas. No, for real. I hate y'all niggas that teach yourself how to mm-hmm. sing. Because I feel like everybody can sing. Because I, I, you I, can, I, you just don't know how yet. But then right. the niggas that actually got it down, like, oh, this this fucking vibrato, like, right, oh, right, right. I fucking hate y'all Practicing. niggas. Practicing, you gotta <laughs> practice. Like, even I used to walk around the house. Sounding terrible, my mother telling me to shut up, but I just had to <laughs> do that in order to grow and expand mm. my voice. And I still want to get a vocal coach and everything, but mm. I don't need, I don't, I just taught myself. Word. Well, being able to hold a note is really important. important. So, like, Hell if yeah. you can already hold a note, then yeah, you can train your, excuse me, train your voice to like really learn how to sing, right, I think. Right. You know, because I'm, I'm trying to be out here. Sister Act 2 and just hitting that old happy day note and shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Pussy has your, your house has singing gotten you because I know women love niggas that can sing. Um, I don't know. Um, nigga, you know, don't fucking nah. <laughs> what I do know is a lot of girls used to want me to sing on a voicemail, and girls used to call me just to sing to them. Mm. And I'm like, nah, nah, like, you're trying to, you're, nah. 
Because honestly, I wasn't, because I'm not the thirsty guy, so I wasn't trying to go after that. I'm, mm. like, I'm not about to sing to this just to try. But it like kind of comes to you as you sing. It's like the paintings start falling. Yeah, like, but once you start singing, what's crazy about me is I've been in like relationships a lot. Oh shit! And I'm a faithful nigga. I'm so. sorry. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> you know, but and, and and so I mean, girls like that, but I never fed into like the um, you know the trap. That's rare. Shout I'm out smart. to you. I move. Yeah. I'm Shout out to you for being nice an army nigga and faithful. Yeah, I'm nice and neat. Yeah. All right, I hear that shit. <laughs> now, do you have any projects coming out soon, or like projects that's that's that? that Recently came out that we uh, yeah that recent project check out came out um, overdue EP on SoundCloud uh, SoundCloud dot com slash Fishley Perry mm. um, that's my last project uh, new stuff coming out I don't know when but it's a lot of new stuff on the way anybody uh, you working with in Atlanta that you want to talk about like uh, yeah my homie Bam uh, he's from Connecticut um, just just leave Connecticut and find other Connecticut niggas <laughs> oh yeah literally yeah you know what I'm saying because. We down there putting on for mm. Connecticut. We from, like, you right. know what I'm saying? We from here. We just down there putting on. People like, where you from? We from Connecticut. They're like, what? Yeah, I remember I remember I went to fucking Atlanta. I went out to this club, and I saw a motherfucker I went to high school with. I was like, what That's the? Great. Like, I'm tired of seeing motherfuckers I know in Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but hey, it's opportunity. And I went on vacation to get away from y'all. <laughs> but yeah, Bam, um, phenomenal producer from Windsor, Connecticut. Um, some of his work, he produced Tank Tyrese, Usher. Mm. Uh, Chris Brown, um, August Alcina. But, the list is crazy. Mary J. Blige, Blige, the like, whole like nine. He's killing it. He's from Connecticut. There. I mm. feel like it's like overlooked, but mm. he, he, that's he, cool. They they knows you know when it's the right time. But uh, Rich Breed, my homie Rich Breed's from Connecticut. Um, yeah, shout out to him. I work with Troy Taylor mm. out there. Uh, a few other people I forgot, but yeah, shout out to them. Dreamland. Yeah. Shout out to you, yo. Appreciate, Appreciate you for coming through, making yeah. that ride with Tia. Yeah. Support, man. Now, him saying that he, he knows motherfuckers that work with Tank. Now, you interviewed Tank, right? right? Yeah. So, now, out of everybody that you interviewed, be it like Wyclef or Davies or mm-hmm. Matthew Knowles, or like, who, who who are you most nervous to talk to? Nervous? Um... Actually, I would say the first, the most nervous I was was uh, Eric Bellinger because that was my first interview, first video Shout interview. Fucking Eric Bellinger. Yeah, man. and he's my he at the time. Well, still is, but at the time it was like rebirth, the rebirth mm-hmm. time, and I was so into his music and just for him to say yes was just crazy. He walked with me in the rain for a whole hour trying to find a spot because my spot got canceled and mm. you know it just was it was so crazy so i'm like as long as i make sure this interview is worth the the walk that we just mm, yeah, had yeah. you know so i was really nervous but you know it turned out to be cool because i was like really in love with you know his music and what he does and how he carries himself and all of that so it turned out to be it turned out to be really good but i'm always nervous always nervous. yeah now, something wrong with me <laughs> now can you interview someone whose music that you're not a fan of I've done it, and I'm not really with it. Like, no, I don't ever want to do that again. Mm. It was very uncomfortable, and it just it didn't flow right. I didn't care. Mm. Like, the whole point is that you really got to care about their answer so that it could kind of just flow instead of just having your answers set and, you know, oh, your questions set and, yeah. you know, what you want to ask. It should just really be about the vibe and, you know, 
they can kind of bring up the next question and things right, like yeah. that. And when you don't care, it's like, mm, I'm just asking this for everybody else. And that's that's not how I ever want to carry my brand. But so. you interviewed Beyonce, daddy. I know, right? Like, like how, how are you not nervous at the motherfucker that made Beyonce? Yo, <laughs> honestly, that was like my, that was one of my best interviews because I just jumped in there. Mm. I didn't know he was, I this was not planned. I went to Revolt Music Conference, obviously had a press pass, whatever. So I was in a media room and they're mm. like, oh, Matthew Knowles is coming down. And I'm like, he doesn't need interviews. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's mostly like like a lot of the up and coming, like a Cardi B, like, mm. you know, since Santana, they were all like down there or whatever. Mm. But it was Matthew Knowles. I'm like, bet. How the fuck? Getting yeah, this. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. So I just like jumped in and I just really wanted to know like his take on like what's going on. And mm. I didn't want to really get too deep into like what happened with Destiny's Child and all that, you all should. that stuff. I just really. That shit makes me great. You got to ask the hard question. Yeah. But at the same time, I really just wanted to get his knowledge as a professional instead right. of really getting into the drama. Like I just want to learn. That's, that's my whole thing. Anything I'm doing, I just want to like learn. So now yeah. Matthew knows is your best interview. By far, um, or you got others that you hold at such a high regard. Like, yo, this shit was all right once I looked at it. What's crazy is I only watch my interviews once. Like, I'm not. Really? I, yeah, I hate watching myself. Are you kidding me? Like, I hate watching myself. I hate listening to myself. I'm not gonna listen to this. I'm sorry. I love you. You know, I care, <laughs> but I just I'm not because I don't like to listen to myself. So mm. I watched it. I watched that one and I actually was into it and mm. I cared and I was like this is so dope but mm. yeah I, I, all of my interviews are dope and you know it was an experience that's the best part like mm. the story behind it like with Tank we had dinner we chilled yeah, sorry, like yeah. it was really dope before we even got to the interview part and once I did you know introduce like hey I want to like sit down with you for a second he's like bet like come on and mm. I'm just like okay uh, so now, now yeah. how many of your interviews are, pr- are pre-planned uh, all of them? Oh well, not all of them. Okay, not all of them. Like you might go in there, go in there with the intention, like, yo, I'm gonna talk to this motherfucker, but they have no idea, like, yo, you about to get interviewed by T alone. Mm, all of my interviews from like late 2015, early 2016 were like planned because okay. I would email their publicist or whatever it is, like, mm. or vice versa, and set it up. But most of them, if they're just at a location, if you don't see us sitting on a couch, then mm. most of them were like, we're at a spot, and I'm like, bet I got a camera, I got to talk to yeah, you. Yeah, Wyclef was big, yo. That was weird. That was one of those interviews. Yeah. Oh my god, Wyclef was, so was crazy. big, yo. <laughs> no, that was crazy. I mean, it's very short, but it's because we were just nah, backstage at his show. <laughs> And I hate the chaos, but the fact that he like took time and sat. You saw he got on the stage yeah, right he got after. Right on the stage after that. And everybody that was backstage like surrounded us, and I was mm. just like, okay, here's a right. moment. Right. <laughs> here's a moment. Yeah. But I just had to do it. Like I, I, I'm a huge fan of the Fugees. I'm a huge fan of White Clef. Period. Especially like growing up in that time and things like that. So I just wanted to like talk to him. I was like, I'm not gonna let this go to the wayside. And they mm. know like I don't want to toot my own horn or anything, but I'm not. Doing this, shit, man. What the fuck? I'm just saying, Why I'm Clef? like, if I'm in a in a spot and they see Tia like approaching an artist or whatever, mm. they're not gonna be like, no, because they know I have the credibility and I've done things, mm. so that I'm not just putting it out to anything. I'm gonna make sure it's put out on the right way in a platform and things like that. Now you can approach these artists and Matthew knows and just all these public famous people. people. Mm-hmm. Now. When I was at the Now You Know panel, right, mm-hmm. you got up and asked the question that you are an antisocial extrovert. Now, how the fuck can you be an antisocial extrovert and talk to fucking SWV and shit? Like, how, like, how, like what, what, what goes through your mind when you approach somebody? 
I'm very, like I said, I'm very nervous. Like, mm. so that's just the Tia part of me. The Tia part is like, I'm not worthy. I'm just, I'm regular. Like, right. they're not going to want to talk to me. They don't care. And sometimes I do get that response. They don't know who I am or they don't know what I do. So they're just like, uh, whatever. Mm. But, you know, a lot of the times when I do get to talk to these people and these artists, they I get a certain response. So that's how the brand came about. Because it's like, it's bigger than that. It's mm. like, it's not about Tia. Mm. It's like about a brand mm. you know what I mean so I kind of have to put myself out there a lot of the times but the reason why I asked the question is because I feel like there's a lot of people in the industry like that who mm. are very timid and shy they're not really like you know loud and things mm. like that so I really appreciate shout out to Rob, Rob Markman because his answer mm. really helped me and he just told me like you know don't care like don't let your work speak for itself mm. instead of you don't have to and then when I talked to him after he told me some really dope stuff but the one thing that I'll share is he told me to be Nas in a room full of ditties he's like <laughs> he's like in a room full of people who are like loud and they're you know they're they're the center of attention and things like just that be and cool. just like, be in the cut and yeah. everybody know your music everybody know your work or whatever uh -huh. and just you know play the field whoever comes and talks to you that's one thing but you don't have to always put yourself out there so shout out to Rob thank yeah. you nah, it was really dope a room full of ditties yeah did he really be on that bullshit <laughs> nah but he's nah. a goat nah, nah, like that, nah did he get shit done but he do be on that bullshit a lot of times where it's like I right, did you doing a little bit too much but no nah, I don't just, think so you don't think Diddy be doing too much sometimes? No, he's Diddy. He's his own, like, no. I mean, he he has his stats because he's an extrovert. Like, he's just known to be like, hey, I want this. I'm going to go get it. Yeah. But a lot of motherfuckers don't have that that same energy. I feel like he's a category. He is a category. Like, <laughs> Diddy? He, yeah, like, he's just a special kind of human. So I feel like the way he moves and the way he works is dope. It just, I'm just, I am not that. I'm very quiet. I feel, I feel like, like, you're anti-social but because of what you want to do mm -hmm. in this field you have to be you, like you have to be in people's face so but like like you're naturally like just closed off just oh well i just want to chill that but also i always wanted to be behind the scenes in the industry like initially mm -hmm. i wanted to just be a music a manager you mm -hmm. know for an artist and things like that and not really get the shine i never wanted to be in front of the camera but mm -hmm. it just happened that way and that's how god set my life up so that i can eventually get back behind the camera and that's what i'm doing now shout out to the power circle series but it's like like that's just my past so I can't like sway from that if I if I am the I'm the face of my brand so I'm just gonna embrace it and if that's what's getting me where I need to go then mm. thank God that's it Word. now how long have you had the uh the website by com? it's about to be three years about to be three years yeah congrats thank you now um what what are your plans for the site or, or the plans for your brand do you, you plan to like go to conferences like across the country do you just plan on staying like on the east coast or staying local like tri-state or like mm -hmm. what do you what's your plan well i don't have any limits so it's not i don't have a location where i'm going to be set to it's just wherever my path takes me it's mm -hmm. just where i'm going to end up but as far as the site it started off as just a portfolio i just wanted to have my resume online i just wanted to show people all my work like if, if they want a link here's mm -hmm. the link it's mine you know what i right. mean so that's kind of where it all came from and then it turned into something else like it kind of came sort of turned into an own media platform mm. but I don't as you can see I don't have it set up as a blog I don't have it set up that way mm. I don't do that but it's just I don't know so we never know it can probably turn into where I have writers and things like that and we can get content or whatever I feel like that lane is always open but my main focus is really putting content out to the world and like sharing my creative vision because I feel like I have like 
the dopest ideas. Mm. Honestly, I have like crazy. Like I legit stay up at like I'll be laying in my bed knowing I work at six a.m. I work mm. at six a.m. every day, six to two thirty. So I know I gotta be at work at six a.m. I should be sleep before twelve, but I have so much going on in my mind. You sound like what? What? I hate this fucking question. What's your sign? Scorpio. Scorpio. Okay. Yeah. You sound like me because like. My mind is constantly going about shit. Yeah. And there's times where I can't sleep. No. But it's just like, either I got to jot these down or like, it's it's, it's on my mind so much that I just can't fucking like sleep. Like I have to. I can't jot it down. I have to do something. Yeah, like I'll to... start sending emails. Like a lot of people get emails from me at three in the morning, like, or at five in the morning, five forty-five when I get to work, I start sending my emails. So if that's the first thing they wake up to, cause I have to make sure like I have to act on my thoughts. Mm. That's how a lot of the stuff I've done so far has, like, happened. Because I just don't hold back. I just got to go get it. Word. That's, yeah. how, that's how you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Now, you had a tweet a little while ago. Probably like a month ago, right? Put it on Instagram. You said, Uh-oh. the problem is we as a culture don't like to share information because we don't want to see anyone in our positions, right? Mm-hmm. There's room for everyone at the top. And regardless, no one will belong in your spot. Mm-hmm. Since I since I never had a mentor, I really pride myself on helping the generation after me, but I do it genuinely. I really want to help. Now, what happened to make you want to write that? Who fucked Actually, you over? <laughs> nobody did. Um, what kind of catapulted that was um I heard Kevin Hart he just kept saying like you know his whole book is about sharing information and helping people get into the industry like Mm. that's what he wants to do and I think that's so dope like I never had anybody like that ever Mm. like if I if I met people and things like that it was like how can I help them Mm. not how can they help me which is wild like a lot of people is because I'm writing for their platform or something like that like it was never really like a helping hand for real until Mm. I like met my editors and things like that and me write right it was still for another platform you know what i mean so i just want to kind of share because i again i'm from connecticut i never had like a way into the industry so the way i got in is like just yo just studying and just watching people and just getting out there and moving and shaking and i just want to help share that message because Especially females, and I feel bad because I don't want to, like, you know, do that. But mm-hmm. females, is like, it's so intimidating. Like, we know that technically there's always one female in a room full of guys. Like, mm-hmm. you don't ever see, like, three females in a male-dominated company. It's, like, right. one female executive or whatever. But um, I just want to be a part of the 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 movement and helping more females, more people just get on. Like, talk to me. Mm-hmm. But I am not going to help anybody figure their way out. Mm. And that's what's crazy is because I've I actually received a few DMs and one of the DMs like they was like oh I have this idea whatever whatever and I'm like bet so did you like start on it like what can I see yeah, right, right. no I'm just hitting you up because I'm trying to figure it out uh so you want me so, to so come up me, with your so, work so you want me to do half the work for you that's not how it works like nah. you have to have your plan set out but I'm not gonna tell you I'm not gonna tell you that part mm. that's that's your part you need to go study and figure out how do can we start this if I want a podcast if I want a show whatever you need to start on that part then come talk to me about how maybe you can like help grow it and things mm. like that I could definitely talk to you about that but I'm not gonna help anybody get in I'm not I'm helping you stay in, if yeah, anything. Yeah, because you did this on your own, so why yeah. I'm going to help like, you? But that's what makes the industry special, you know, because it's a, it's, it's full of people who have taken the extra step mm. to learn and to, you know, care about about their passion. So mm. I want to make sure I keep it that way. I'm not about to let a whole bunch of, you know, people who see us popping or whatever, they mm. want to be a part because you're not going to last. Like Yeah, exactly. Now, did you try to reach out to somebody to be a mentor and they just... 
shunned you off or just I've never been shunned off. I can say like a few emails haven't been answered, but God is still good and it's everything is for a reason. Like that's the major thing. Like I can't be a part of everything. Right. Like so I feel like the emails that were answered or the people I have connected with was for a reason. Mm. Yeah. All right, now you had another tweet that just you was just I, I guess you, you felt yourself today. You said I be tweeting. I'm a young yo. I was gonna ask you about that too. Matter of fact, before I get into that question, now being how powerful that social media is, why aren't you on social media more? Because you don't you don't tweet a lot. You don't post mm-hmm. a lot unless you in like Greece or Italy. Where the fuck you was? <laughs> where the fuck was you? I went to Europe. I went to yeah, you was somewhere where it's old ass buildings and shit. Yeah, I went to London. I went to Italy. I went to Rome and Italy Style and Venice, and then I went to Paris, which was crazy. And everybody should go. Style on them. Everybody now, should go. Why aren't you on social media more trying to get your, I guess, your buzz or, or get your name more out there? Because you can put out all the series you want, but until you have that, I guess, the intimate connection with people where, like, you're tweeting or you're talking to people or you're posting this, like, they don't really see you. Like, why Why don't you post as much? Well, I can always do more. Mm-hmm. I don't ever feel like I'm doing everything I can. There's mm-hmm. definitely more that I can do to make my presence a little bit stronger, but I'm also not a social media personality, so mm-hmm. I don't want to... You don't have to be a personality, but I feel like people that want to be in the spotlight that right. I, I assume you're trying to be in, mm-hmm. they post more than the average person, because I, I might tweet like once every one or two days or whatever, right. and it might be like just a song I'm listening to or just how I feel at the time, but I feel like... With your brand and what you're trying to do, you should be posting. I'm not trying to tell you what to no, do, no, no. but I, I appreciate feel like you that. should be posting more. Like you should be, you know, like every at least every six hours, you should be. This should be a tweet about the Power Brunch. Mm-hmm. Like every so often, you should tweet the link to the YouTube to the Power Circle series. Like mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah. I definitely agree. I feel like that also has to do with me being a one-man team. And, Mm. you know, I have my team that supports and things like that. But as far as, like, pushing, like, my series, I have, like, the panelists and they do what they can. Mm. But eventually I want to grow a team that can keep that going because most of my time is being spent on planning. Like, I don't have time to just tweet every five. I don't don't live on this. I try. I definitely be on it once a day for sure. but but I can't really do it because of my job. Yeah, I just, I mean... I definitely think we should embrace like the time that we're in as far as social media goes, but at the same time, I'm not trying to be that Twitter god or that so that Instagram god. Like, mm. I don't care about that. I just want y'all to see my product. That's it. Basically. Like, that's all I'm gonna post about. I'm not gonna just jump in the conversation because y'all talking about something so that I can get more retweets and things like that. Like, I just want my content to come out. But gotcha. I definitely want to grow a team, so eventually, you know, that will be pushed a little bit more. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, the tweet I was talking about, you said, I'm a young legend. It's a fact. Yeah, okay, so it's a fact. So you feel like what you've done so far, you're going to be a legend in this game, or you're going to be a legend. Like, when when people say legend, they they mean, like, either it's, you know, locally or just, like, on an international scale. So what do you mean when you say, I'm a young legend? You feel like people know your work enough or, 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 or you've done enough to be... Well, me saying I'm a young legend is more speaking it into existence. Um, mm. I definitely feel like I surround myself with people who are legend- legendary. Like, mm. I be having conversations with people, and I just can't believe the things that are coming out of these young people's mouths or, like, how their brain works and things like that. So mm. I just know if they want me a part of the conversation, that's just showing that I'm just as much of a legend as they are. Mm. And it's just the way my brain operates. It's not normal. Like, I don't, I don't think about the same things everybody thinks about 
And I feel like even Perry, you can agree with like the way he thinks is like legendary. Like it's crazy. Like the way he writes his music is legendary. Yeah. So it's like we definitely I feel like we all, everybody that's a part of my team or whoever I work with and surround myself with, it's like we know that we're going to make a staple in whatever the industry is that we're working. We mm. know that our work is incredible. This is undeniable. It's legendary. It's undeniable, bro. Like, you never thought of anything like this because your brain don't work this way. Mm. So I can at some points, it's not being cocky or anything. It's just you know, like, you know your work is good. Mm. And I'm going to continue to show you. If if one thing, I'm not going to say everything is not going to, like, something won't fail because mm. I'm definitely going to experience failures. Mm. But the difference between me and you are is I'm going to be working 10 times harder during that failure. I'm not going to sit like, Watch this yeah, interview. You're not going to dwell on that failure. You're like, all right, this happened. I got to keep going. Bet. Right. Yeah. So I'm always just every single day, I kid you not, I do something. I do something to mm. like make myself move forward mentally, physically, whatever it is. I'm just trying to always build and, you know, create greatness. Word. Now you got the power circle. Now, are you working on any other projects or is this is just like your baby? This, this is what you're focusing on right now. This is what I'm focusing on, but I have a big idea as far as like, you know, I feel like everything has its time span. Mm. And so five years from now, this may still be here, but I'm working on something else. Mm. So it's just about how I'm trying to, you know, make sure I'm laying everything out. I've always worked with artists and things like that. And if I see a vision, I'm always trying to do what I can to help. So I definitely help Perry with his music and just, you know, pushing it. And he has crazy, crazy as far as like so um SoundCloud and getting his listens and things like that. Mm. I have I'm I have a helping hand in that. Mm. And um, you know, I, I hope other artists and like other aspects as far as like just writing bios and things like that. I'm always doing something. Right. But my main my main goal is to become like a an executive producer of a great series that mm. is whether it's on an, uh, another platform or you know just being seen by mine but we mm. have a lot of like netflix like amazon there's a lot of things that you can push your your content to so i'm just mm. working on on things like that where i see it for you because yeah. like like i say a bunch of times on the show i don't invite motherfuckers on the show that i don't like so yeah. i definitely like what you're doing i like your moving i like i like everything about you like like I said in the beginning, I wanted to learn more about you because I didn't really know a lot, a lot. But yeah. just sitting down with you and you answering everything I'm asking you, just thank you. No, oh, thank you. This is dope because I've never talked to anybody from over here. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know y'all was moving you. over and doing things like this. This I mean, is dope. We trying. We trying. I think I'm, you know, one of the only motherfuckers. But, you know, that's up for discussion. Yeah. But whatever. Right. So, um, get about your social media. Well, everybody can follow me on everything at Buy T Along. B-Y-T-I-A-L-O-N-G. My website is buytealong.com. Okay. The Power Circle Series is also on buytealong.com cool. as well. Perry, mm-hmm. what's your social media? Um, officially Perry. Yeah. Um, yeah, O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L-L-Y-P-X-R-O-Y. 92.5 Perry. P-X-R-O-Y. Yeah, Perry spelled with the X. Yeah. Oh, cool. Appreciate you. Appreciate everybody for coming. Uh, anything else you want to say? Anything else? Any other? Okay, so the Power Brunch is when? Well, okay, the Power Brunch is at the end of the year, and it's invite mm-hmm. only. But what's okay. coming up in July, which I'm really excited for, okay. is um, July 8th, we're having the Power Social, which is just a networking event. It's a game night. It's, it's a happy hour. <laughs> it's lit. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like, if you want to get into the brunch at the end of the year, you need to come chat. Let's come talk about it. Let's come talk mm-hmm. about what you do. And I feel like this is a great platform because I can meet people I've never met before. Mm-hmm. And it's like... I. 
I I I definitely want to connect with people. But we're going to drink. We're going to eat. We're going to turn up. Sure, we yeah. got music. <laughs> oh, we're going to drink. Yeah. It's going to be fun. So, um, yeah. And then I'm recording season two as word. well. I might have to go by myself, even though I don't want to. Oh, I, yeah. I, I might have to pull up by myself. Either way, you're going to have a good time. Because I don't know. But. <laughs> I don't know a lot of creative motherfuckers that want to do what I want to do, but you know. But girl. that's what makes you special, and that's what makes all of us special. It's Shout like not everybody's doing so it. special. Yeah. Holy shit, I'm special. Legendary. <laughs> so shout out to you, Tia. Uh, shout out to Perry. Shout out to y'all for just coming through. I appreciate y'all. Word. So appreciate um, the questions, man. Shout no, out to no the problem. 860. Shout out to the 203. We here too, goddammit. We, <laughs> we, we fucking a part of Connecticut, goddammit. What is this? Like, Waterbury? <laughs> nah, nah, nigga. This is this is two hundred three. This is like this is is this Fairfield? This like this ain't Fairfield County, right? This is like New Haven County. It doesn't have a county. We have. Nah, I don't fucking disrespect G like that. Well, I'm from Bridgeport, but he mm. he live up here. But you know, shout out to my nigga G. Oh yeah, shout out to the roundtable discussion. Y'all niggas are getting too comfortable. What's co- that? Not, they ain't nobody. Oh, bad. Don't don't worry about them. But y'all niggas are getting too too comfortable recording at my motherfucking studio. This is my G. Find your own G. Alright? <laughs> Chris P and Rome C. This is this is my shit. Y'all, y'all I, I invited niggas here once. Niggas yeah. got comfortable and, and want to record here. It's a nice spot. I, fu- nah, I want to record. They got their own spot. Yeah, y'all could y'all could come here. I might have a movie in here. This is dope. Other podcasts, y'all niggas, yo, it's fucking no fly zone over here. Y'all niggas gotta go 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 somewhere else to record. So shout out to y'all. But not shout out to y'all. But um, yeah, I think that's it. So thanks um, for having me. No problem. Appreciate you for coming. So as the saying goes, one thing's for certain, we too much for these niggas and three much for these hoes. I go by the name of Domino, Nikki and X1. Um, I don't think I need y'all no more. No, Mytealong.com, Jewart. I'm playing. Y- y'all, bring your ass back. Maybe. It- <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'll definitely come back whenever you need me. And uh, we out of here. Wait. Domino, motherfucker, what's that? C'est tout ce qu'on